Hosanna, a fellowship of Christians. Good morning. If you're joining us for the first time this morning, welcome to Hosanna. And if you're joining us online, hello to you as well. I'm going to ask you, as you are able, to please stand with me. We're going to start out by reading Psalm 100. So if you can stand, if not, you may stay seated. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations.
Gates. Taught you this one a couple weeks ago.
Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, I'm ahead of that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So I have a question for you. How many of you love change? One person. Okay. Chris Pojay loves change. Make note. Now, whether you love change or not, change is constantly taking place all around us, isn't it? Sometimes change reminds us that we have no guarantee of what will happen next. And the good news is that we can rest because we are not the ones who are in control. God is. So right now you may be having a mountaintop experience. And before going to bed tonight, you could find yourself in a valley. Life has its shares, its share, sorry, of ups and downs, and none of us are exempt from life's unexpected changes. And today we can have peace in the midst of life because God declares that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God with us, Emmanuel. The same God who delivered us in the past is the same God who can do it again today.
All right. Thank you, worship team. Wasn't that great, everybody? Good heavens. Not that you all aren't usually great, but you know. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jeff. I am the director of technical arts here. I'm, I'm the tech guy. And I'm here to welcome you all and do the offering and dismiss the kids uh, to Kid Venture. So uh, kids can go off and have fun for that. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's pray for our offering, shall we? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us all here. It's cool to be in a room of, of people who are all here just for you and to be with each other at the same time. Right now, we ask that you bless the gifts that we are about to give back to you and your people. Thank you. We praise you. In your name, we pray. Amen. All right, go ahead and pass those offering buckets. Let's see. Uh, speaking of offering type things, back there in the corner, I should gesticulate with this hand instead of this one. Um, back there is our Change for Change offering buckets. Today is the last day to bless families in our Lidditz community for the holidays. The holidays, you say? Yes, I said the holidays. Um, they're, they're coming up faster than you think. Um, our Change for Change offering for the month of August will go towards Blessing Bridge of Hope. Uh, we've heard about them recently, and uh, we're really looking forward to offering some of our Change for Change to them for next month. Uh, the Women's Fellowship Group will be meeting this Wednesday, August 2nd, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in the Blue Room, right over here. Um, Next Sunday, ooh, next Sunday is our family potluck meal. As that, how many of you were here for the last one? Quite a few hands up. That was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, we got a bunch of really good cooks and bakers in here and people who can really go to the grocery store and buy. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> anyway. Uh, bring a hot or cold food item to share, and drinks will be provided. Uh, sh it says here, sharing a meal together is a great way to connect with each other. I didn't need to read that, but I did, because it's true. It is, isn't it? Yeah. All right, and at this point, I'm going to dismiss. If we've got any youth that are still in here, you all can go down to your class. I don't see any, so I'll stop talking about that, and I will pass the mic over to Tony. Kind of welcome back. Thanks. My goodness, you guys are a sight for sore eyes. I've been gone the last few weeks traveling for work and for pleasure, and I'm still on vacation, which is why I'm dressed in my vacation clothes. But uh, I'm here with you this morning, which I haven't had a chance to do in the, in the last few weeks. Part of the reason for that is that uh, Joanne and I have enjoyed the opportunity to catch our breath a little bit and not have to prepare a weekly message. And so we've had a number of guest speakers. And you have had the opportunity to enjoy a number of guest speakers and not have to listen to us all the time. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been wonderful. So I'm here largely today to introduce a friend of mine to you, uh, whom those of you who've been around for a while, you've heard before. This is his third visit. 
uh, with us, and uh, has been the, each of the previous two years. Dr. Kenneth Gates is a supervisor of prison chaplains in the New Jersey penitentiary system. And it's good work and it's hard work, but he doesn't get too much opportunity to preach. And boy, can Ken preach. And so uh, we enjoy that. But what I appreciate about Ken, however, I mean, anybody can get up and yell. What I appreciate about Ken is that he, uh, the currents run very deep. He cares deeply about spiritual formation about the contemplative life, and this is something he lives at. He, what he preaches is something he lives out of who he is, and I just, I, I just think the world of, uh, of my brother and my friend, and I'm just so glad that he's able to be here with us today. So, Ken, why don't you come and share what God has for us? Uh, good morning, good morning. It's good to uh, be back here uh, with this wonderful congregation. I am honored to stand and share what I believe God has placed on my heart uh, for this congregation today. It is always a great joy when I get able to get outside the prison system and to share with people who don't wear tan or green. And so, uh, uh, so that's always a good thing. Um, we, I don't have a radio attached to my hip. Um, I don't have um, spray here and keys all over the place. And just to give you an example, uh, I'm about to teach a class last week, and right in the midst of me starting my class, I hear recall, recall, recall. I'm probably five minutes into my class, and recall means stop what you're doing. Everyone goes back to the housing unit. Now, I've worked on my message for several weeks. Prayed over it. This is going to be a sermon that's going to change lives. And I'm three or four minutes into my delivery, and I hear what? Recall. And so uh, that's the, um, the challenges we have sometimes uh, working with our um, correctional offenders inside of our facilities. However, the Lord is doing a great work inside our prison system, uh, in the federal prison system, as well as in the state of, in the various states, um, God's doing just a wonderful work with the um, men and women who are incarcerated. So I'm honored and joyed to stand there to share with them uh, what I believe God has placed in my heart. And the ministry has just really uh, been just a fun and exciting ministry. It's never a dull moment inside a correctional facility. And so we are uh, delighted to uh, share that ministry. But also, it's a great joy when I'm able to stand before um, congregations like yourself and just share what the Lord has, it you know, uh, allows me to continue to sharpen the tool that I believe God's given me as far as preaching and to share uh, my faith with those who um, don't get to hear me regularly. Amen? And so I'm grateful for my third opportunity to be here. Um, whenever you get invited back, that's a good sign. And so I'm, <laughs> I am grateful to uh, the pastors of this congregation, uh, Pastors Tony and Joanne, who have been my mentors going back several years to the days at Eastern uh, University in the Campolo School of Leadership, where they've been my mentors and continue to be my mentors, even as I struggle my way through this doctoral uh, experience at Evangelical, which has uh, been challenging as um, we've gone through uh, some family dynamic shifts, some 
uh, challenges as far as health and just kind of just trying to stay the course. But I've been appreciative of uh, Pastors Tony and Joanne for their support and their leadership um, as they navigate this, this, this journey with me. So I'm grateful for them. Um, I want to acknowledge their families for supporting them in the work that they do. Um, to share your, your loved one in ministry um, is a ministry uh, in and of itself for the loved ones. Um, so I want to say thank you to the families of uh, Pastors Tony and Joanne for allowing them to be a blessing to thousands of lives they come in touch with, um, either through this congregation or in their work in the various different universities that they serve. I am grateful for each member here today in this congregation that you are giving me an opportunity to, uh, to hear uh, what God's placed in my heart. I thank God for each of you and pray nothing but peace and blessings during your lives. And lastly, I'm thankful for my family who uh, made this journey with me this morning. Uh, and so I am grateful for uh, my wife who has supported me through a busy summer. Um, this summer has been a, a challenge. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, a group of middle-aged folk like myself, uh, we decided to do, uh, partake in a Spartan race that was held up in Palmerton um, a few weeks ago. And unfortunately, I was injured <laughs> on my journey. And what I'm realizing is that as I get a little older, my bones and my body don't heal um, like they um, did when I was 18 or 19. And so pray for me as I continue to heal and, 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 and I question my logic of engaging in extreme sports <laughs> as I, I grow older. And so um, and I have to listen to my body because one day you might be feeling better and you try to do things and you realize you tweak something, you twist something, and you're back at square one. So uh, please keep me in prayer for, for healing. At this time, if you have your Bibles, uh, you can just join me uh, for a few moments in the book of Acts chapter 4. Uh, we'll look at a, verse, a few verses in uh, Acts chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 4, 18 through 24, and then 31 through 36. Acts chapter 4, um, verses 1 through 4, 18 through 24, and 31 through 36. I believe that there's a, a word for us today as we... Look at this passages. It reads, The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Verse 18. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief and priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. I'm going to skip down to verse 31. 
After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All the believers were one heart, were in one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And grace was so powerfully at work in all of them that there was no needy person among them. For time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet and distributed it to anyone who had a need. May the Lord have the blessing to the hearing and reading of the Holy Word. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to be here together to worship you. Speak to our hearts, O oh God, we pray right now, that we may hear a word from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for just a few moments, I'm going to share with you um, from the subject matter, the 21st century church, the way forward. The 21st century church, the way forward. The state of the church and its future has been a topic of debate in both theological and non-theological circles. Uh, there is a growing segment of people within this country who question the role and function of the church in the 21st century. One of the primary arguments used against the church is this perception that the church, its leadership and membership, is out of touch with society and the problems confronting everyday people. Some believe that the church is merely a relic of times past when the assumption could be made that this country was a Christian nation. A close examination of the data on current trends of the church suggests that the church is in decline. There's a growing segment of people who believe that the church can no longer provide the leadership necessary to help people navigate tough times. And as I read and listen to the many arguments which speaks to the decline of the church, uh, when I look at how the role of the church inside families have shifted, I must admit that there is a need for the church to adapt. Yes, there are questions that the church has to answer regarding our relevancy. Yes, it appears on the surface that the church is not leading the way. However, I'm going to submit today that despite what the research may suggest, Despite what I've observed the problems to be, despite what many of us may have discerned ourselves about the current state of the church and its challenges moving forward, I believe in my heart that there's still hope for the church. I believe that there is a way forward where the church can be relevant and meet the needs of God's creation. The way forward that I speak of is not rooted in some type of quick fix. The way forward is not, is, some, is, not some, is not tied to some type of church growth program 
But the way forward, I believe today, causes us not to look where we are currently at in the present. It challenges us not to look toward the future, but I believe that if we're going to look at the church today, we must go back and look at the beginnings of the church. And when we take a close look at the, exact, uh, at the beginnings of the church, what we will find is a group of people comprised of various ethnicities and social backgrounds coming together as one in the name of Jesus. This group of people of diverse backgrounds were foolish enough to believe in a message that society deemed foolish. This message of Christ and Christ crucified was foolish to many. But for those who believe, Paul writes, it was the power of God. For those who embrace this story, for those who are impacted by this story, it became more than just a story. It became a transforming story. It was a story that shifted their thinking. It was a story that motivated them to talk about love. It was a life-changing story. A story of God's love for humanity embodied in the life of Jesus Christ. So as we read Acts chapter 4, the first thing we learn today is that the 21st century church must be a church with a story. The way forward is to retell the story. And for us, that story begins with Jesus Christ. We must embrace the story. In the opening chapters, verses of Acts chapter 4, we find Peter and John being arrested for causing a disturbance when they are called into the council for a meeting with the rulers of Jerusalem because they have told the story of Jesus Christ. The disciples were empowered by the story of Jesus, and they shared the story to all who would listen. The good news today, my brothers and sisters, is that this story, the story of Jesus being crucified, the story of Jesus being resurrected, the story of Jesus changing lives still works today. What's awesome about the story of Jesus is that it's still relevant today, tomorrow, and forevermore. The story of Jesus is a story about salvation. It's a story about hope. It's a story about love. It's a story about how God loved humanity. And because of Jesus, we too can partake in that love. Because of that love that we have from Jesus, because of that story that has transformed us all, each of us can sing with joy, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, because we are heirs of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood, and we can collectively sing, this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. We must tell the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus changes lives. The story of Jesus transforms people. The story of Jesus 
gives us hope for another day. We must tell the story of Jesus. The second thing we learn from Acts chapter 4 is that the way forward for the church in the 21st century, it requires us to be empowered by the Spirit of God. What I appreciate about the, writers in, the writer in Acts is that the writer of this book provides several different accounts about how the Spirit descended upon the people and empowered them to do the work that God had called them to do. So as I, as I, as I began to read uh, Acts, uh, I began to look at how God moved and the Spirit descended upon um, those who were gathered together. And I found a few interesting things. The first thing uh, that, I, that it dawned on me was that the, 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 the movement of the Spirit was prompted by the unity of the church. Let me say that one more time. God moved when there was what? Unity in the church. When they were all on what? One accord. In Acts chapter 2 and 4, we find a group of believers who were bonded together by a common story. They were unified together by a story. That story was who? What? Jesus Christ. That was their story. And they came together from different backgrounds as one. The community was established around that story. The second thing that stands out as we read these accounts in Acts is that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was the result of people praying together as one. I am convinced that prayer is what will help us navigate the challenges of the 21st century as a church. It is through prayer where the Spirit of God gives us strength. It's through prayer where, where the Spirit empowers us to keep moving forward even during our darkest hours. How many of you know about the power of prayer? How many know that God can take you and, and, and keep you and preserve you even during those midnight hours where you may not always see the way? God's power through the Spirit, through prayer, will guide you. We can understand what the writer says. We say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. That power we, we, we possess through through prayer, we can sense the Spirit of God directing us and leading us. It's through prayer where we can discern what thus saith the Lord. I believe what society needs more than ever today, what society needs is not more talk about church doctrine. Amen, somebody? We don't need any more theological debates about some of these polarizing issues confronting us today. But what the church needs, what society needs, is for us, the people of God, to hear the voice of God and be empowered by the Spirit of God to speak words of healing over the sick, to speak truth to those abusing power, to speak life to those who are dying, to speak, to speak joy to those who are suffering and sorrow to speak peace to those in mental and emotional turmoil, to speak blessings over those who are cursed. For I heard somebody say, for it's not by power nor by might, 
but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We need to be empowered by the spirit. And I believe that when we are guided by the Holy Spirit, the church can be what God called the church to be. We are guided by the Holy Spirit. When we have the story, when we have the power of the Spirit guiding us, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. When we have the story of Christ and we are empowered by the Spirit, we can be like Peter and John and declare to the masses about this man named Jesus who saves all and was resurrected from the dead. Even when you go before those who might have power, you can speak truth to them because you have a story and you are empowered by the Spirit of God. To ponder the way forward for the church of the 21st century, we are empowered by our story, which is rooted in Jesus Christ. We are empowered by the Spirit through prayer. And we can serve without looking for return. We can serve without looking for return. My many hours of studying the problems of the church became apparent that one of the mistakes that we made as a church, I say we collectively as a whole, is that we've allowed corporate America, we've allowed the corporate American mindset to enter into the house of prayer. What am I saying? We began to focus our attention on activities that would draw people in instead of serving just to serve. We lost focus on what our objective was because we were so focused on numbers and offerings. We allowed this corporate model to come in. And so we begin to evaluate our pastors based on what? Membership and financials. Pastors gauge our success on church attendance and church budget. Burnt out, burnt out. Pastors got burnt out because they were so focused on numbers and budgets. That's impacted our ministry. It's impacted our work as a body of believers. Focus on worldly success. When you go to convention, it's about who has the biggest, largest congregation. It's pour millions of dollars into these buildings that are closed most days of the week. It was all about numbers. That was the age. The age of Christendom. Numbers. And budgets. But when I look at the early church, I see something different. 
I don't see a ministry, a church with a budget. I don't see a church that was focused on, they weren't even prepared for the growth that occurred. Their service was not about attracting people. Their service was about saving somebody in need, providing care for the widows, providing food for the hungry, providing a home for the homeless. The mission, the mission of the church was about service. Matter of fact, it was Jesus Christ himself who says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to those in captivity and recovery of the sight of the blind, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. And when we have gotten away from that mission, we are no longer relevant as a church. And so the way forward is actually to go back. And look at what the church was all about. And when we focus on doing what God has called us to do, when we focus on the mission of Jesus, people won't question our relevancy because we're doing the work. People won't doubt whether or not we, we can speak to the needs of the people. Why? Because we're doing the work. Jesus commands us to serve without looking for a return. I can recall when I was at the church, I served. I was a youth pastor, and as a youth pastor, um, you think you have an unlimited budget. A amen. Uh, and so, I... Um, was doing a lot of uh, work with some, some of you who were not a part of our church. They were kids in the community, but they were not part of the church. And I struggled with our congregation because they didn't view the community as part of the church. It was our church and the community. And so I got called into question. Why are you spending resources on these kids? Are they coming to church? I said, well, not yet. Well, are their parents coming? Not yet. The flaw in that thinking was that the resources, there had to be a, 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 a return for our investment. And when that is your agenda, we've lost sight on the will of God. When we're looking for numbers in return for a program we're developing. We missed the mark. The early church served because they wanted to serve. They saw a need and they addressed the need. They didn't look at, okay, who's going to join us? Who's going, how many members join? They didn't worry about all that. They just met the need. And when our intentions are in line with God's purpose, 
Acts chapter 4, 31 through 36 teaches us that God will supply whatever we need. As the church empowered by my story, empowered by the Spirit, as they serve without seeking a return, God did something unique. Resources began to come in from all types of people. Resources came as a community shared in the ministry together because they were unified through Christ. Nobody went without, the text tells us. They made a lasting impact that forever shaped our planet because of their, the story they believed. Because of being empowered by the Holy Spirit and their willingness to serve without return, without seeking return. The church is comprised of ordinary people like you and me. And we can still be conduits for hope and healing. The church, the people of God, can lead others to a God who has all the power. We may not have all the power ourselves. We may not be able to solve your problems, but we can point you in the right direction to somebody who can do all things. Our story, you and I, our story can be like Peter and John. Silver and gold have I not. But that what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That's what we can offer through story. Because all of us have been touched by the story of Jesus. Your story may be a little different from mine. But we all have a story that unifies us together. What is my story? My story is that I was a little kid in the Hill District of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Who one day, some counselors who were running the camp said, come and hear a story. When I came and heard that story, it was about Jesus Christ. It was that moment, I got unified. I was in one of those neighborhood kids. I wasn't connected to the church. You with me? I was, I was that kid who, who church was spending the resources on, and there was no guarantee there was going to be a return. I was one of those neighborhood kids who went to vacation Bible school, went to summer camp. The church just poured out resources because they believed kids needed a place to go for the summer. And I was one of those kids. And I heard... In a youth group meeting that night, a story about Jesus Christ. And I heard that Jesus Christ loved me, forgave me for all my wrongdoing, and that nothing could ever separate me from the love of God. And that story, as a 12-year-old kid, 11-year-old kid, impacted me. And still impacts me today. It's because of that story that one day I heard the voice of the Lord myself. I submitted to God's will. I said, God, I'll do your will and your purpose. Didn't have resources. I had giants. Giants called gangs in my community. Giants called drugs in my community. Didn't come from a family with resources. But I heard the voice of God. And I believed the Spirit was guiding me. 
And the Lord opened door after door, after door after door, and made a way for me. And so I believe in story. I believe there's power when you align yourself with God's will. The Spirit of God will empower you to do great things. And when you serve without looking for return, you might not know, you might not, you might not see the seed you planted. You might not see it get watered and develop. But, 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 but if you just sow the seed and not look for return, you never know who's going to be impacted. When you just serve, when you just give. And when you have a giving heart, when you have a service-oriented mindset, the Lord will continue to supply all your needs. That must be our story today. Story. To share what thus saith the Lord. To serve without looking for return. Is that prepared to close? There's a story in Matthew chapter 11 where John the Baptist is in prison. And he heard about the great work that Jesus is doing. So John the Baptist sends word to his disciples to Jesus. And John had one question for Jesus. He wanted to know are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? And when this question got to Jesus, Jesus does not respond by telling John, I am he who was prophesied. He doesn't respond to John by listing all his Christological credentials. He doesn't say to John, before Abraham was, I am. But how does Jesus respond to John? He says, tell John what you heard and what you've seen. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf now hear. The dead are resurrected. And the good news is preached to the poor. And that's our commission as a church in the 21st century. To tell the story. Be guided by the Spirit and serve God's people. God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your story. I thank you for the power of your spirit. I thank you for allowing us to serve. I thank you for this congregation who's come together as one, seeking to be the church you called on the be. So I pray right now that you would empower this church, that you would give them the strength they need, supply them with the resources they need to be the church that you've ordained them to be. So God, come praying for its pastors, its membership. She would guide them, direct them, strengthen them. They may 
with boldness proclaim your word. They will boldness, they will tell your story. With boldness, they will serve. We trust God that you will be with them. Will you promise to be with us always? Be with this church, we pray right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let us all stand as we close out. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord give you peace today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen. Have a good day.